broadcasting from the UNMC College of Nursing. Get ready for RN Huddle, the podcast dedicated to bringing hot topics for and by nurses to the table. Well, hello there and welcome to RN Huddle. This is your host, Heidi Keeler, coming to you from the great state of Nebraska. And today we're going to talk about a topic that is close to all of you, I know, and that is really talking about the care of the nurse, the care of ourselves. And what does that look like? What do we need to be looking for? How do we address what we're feeling, different facets of our thinking? And to really explore this topic today, we are going to talk to Ashley Boyd. Ashley Boyd is an expert on compassion fatigue and burnout in nursing and has put together quite a unique program to help us work through these things. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this, Heidi. I'm super excited to participate and share some wealth of knowledge on um, what we're all feeling here at the bedside. Right. I know that uh, we're all looking forward to it, too. So Ashley, why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself? How did you get to this point? Well, um, I am an emergency room nurse. I've been at the bedside for over 20 years, basically in the ER the whole time. I did a little stint in the ICU and I was burnt out about a year into starting. And it was interesting because I let it kind of become the normal of feeling like that. And about six years ago, I really decided I had to do something about it or else I was going to leave bedside nursing. My husband's a fireman. So we have this stress level in our home that just wasn't conducive for raising a family. And that's when I decided I was going to reach out for help. And the help that I was receiving just wasn't the right fit for me. It was either medicate or meditate. And I knew that just one of those things wasn't going to work for me. So that's why I deep dove into really creating the daily debriefing. And it's one of my true passions of understanding the brain and how it works and how we react to things that are occurring. And that's kind of how I developed the program was out of sheer desperation because we're given tools to treat patients, but we're not given tools to treat ourselves. I actually can really relate to what you're saying. It took me two years to start feeling burned out. Um, so it just is something that if you're in nursing long enough, you understand. And so treat the nurse is your effort to really address the deep set needs that every nurse has when caring for patients. What kinds of things do you look at with treat the nurse? Well, I really wanted to make sure that this was something that was sustaining and really something that each individual nurse could feel confident and confidential about. That was super important to me because sometimes when you share how you feel, others kind of judge you and you can feel it. And I didn't want that. I wanted something that you could use at any time that you needed and either share it with others or not share it. But I also wanted the scientific backing behind it because as you know, our field in medicine is very critical if we don't have data behind it. So I was very fortunate to participate in a quality improvement project, which tested and validated um, the daily debriefing by reducing compassion fatigue in a single session of the daily debriefing by 10.17%. 
And once you learn this technique, it really only takes about 30 seconds to do. So it's really amazing to be able to have that personal experience with yourself, but it doesn't have to take all day to do. 30 seconds and data to back it up. That is just incredible. So you mentioned compassion fatigue. What is that and, and how do you handle it? Well, compassion fatigue is really broken down into two categories, being basically burnt out and having secondary traumatic stress. Now we hear those words of burnt out and stress, but secondary traumatic stress is kind of the kicker as a bedside nurse. It really is the real world of PTSD, but for the bedside nurse, because we talk about all of the patients that we take care of. And with whether you know it or not, you're really vicariously reliving that trauma emotionally to continually release hormones that are really going to reactivate that feeling and flood your body with almost like a negative feeling. So that always is exacerbated. You're always on a medium to high instead of being able to go down to a low because you want to share your stories. You want to compare things, but in the background, you don't realize how it's truly affecting you. And then with the burnout, it's just what kind of what you think of, but there's also emotional and physical aspects to that. You can feel emotionally burnt out, but that emotional burnout causes all these hormones to go crazy and you can really get start to feel physically burnt out. So it's kind of the, the, the horrible conjunction of everything together. You're mentally exhausted. You're emotionally just done and physically you're just wiped. So we've heard about compassion fatigue, secondary traumatic stress, and then the ultimate burnout. So it, this is just seems to be quite a complicated and ongoing issue. Now for, let's just jump back for a minute to the first thing that you mentioned, and that is compassion fatigue. We have actually talked about compassion fatigue here on RN Huddle, but it, this topic never gets old and, and it's ever present. So can you tell us what, like, how do you know you're experiencing compassion fatigue? What are the symptoms of that? Well, I always like to go back to the basics. If the word compassion fatigue triggers you, then you need to stop and think about that. I used to get super angry at that word. because I'm like, why do you have to put it that way? And it's like, well, that should be a little red flag for yourself. It's interesting when you break it down into something that's that simplistic, but it really is one of the biggest word buzz triggers that I, I like to say of people that I have talked to and surveyed. And I've talked to over 3000 nurses and it's all the same category of responses of that word really bugs them. And then that's when I say, well, do you realize that that's just one simple word that is sending you down this vortex to then unfold Pandora's box to make you really feel all of these other emotions. And it's really interesting when you just say the word compassion fatigue, because Sure, they're just they're just two words. If you use them in separate sentence, but as a nurse, when you hear that, it can really like jolt you. And so I always say the basics, but really it's it's becoming aware of what is triggering that fatigue and you not wanting to have compassion for others. We know that we can't actually control things around us like staffing or who we work with or what type of patients that we work with but we know that they affect us. 
and recognizing when you have an emotional or physical change, for example, we know that we get really hyper and, and kind of hyper vigilant and your heart races and you might get hot and sweaty when you're in a code. Well, what if you get angry? Do you feel that same way too? And also if you feel like super excited that you were really able to help a patient, does that make you feel great that you're being able to be compassionate? Well, if you combine those two, sometimes you kind of balance things out in the sense of you had a bad patient and then you had a good patient. So you have all of these hormones that are all over the place. But when you really come down to it, it's a personal experience of what is going to make you feel that fatigue for being compassionate. Well, I'm not going to lie. Compassion fatigue as a nurse is a phrase that when you don't know anything about it, it sounds so squishy. Yes. And we know that as nurses, we are driven by data. We're driven by best practice guidelines. And, and I don't know about you, but I don't like to be reduced to a squishy profession because what mm -hmm. I do all day long is, I mean, yes, there's, there's empathy and there's the caring aspect of it, but it's a whole lot more than that. So I like how you explain that, how this, this word, this phrase in itself can be triggering. Absolutely. It was kind of funny when I noticed that I was just really angry every time that I'd go to work and then there would be something in our little huddle board and you would see the word like compassion fatigue. And there was one day I can't, I, I'll own up to it that I literally took it off the board. I was just like, could we just stop? Like we live it. We don't need to see it too. And that's when I was like, okay, it's getting to the point of no return. Something's got to be done. So how do you know if you have compassion fatigue? Because it seems like we kind of stand on this line of that's just something that happens to someone else uh, that's not really happening to me or, or I can handle my own feelings. How do you know that you've kind of crossed that line into having compassion fatigue? I really feel like each individual person is different, but when you are practicing and you're at work or even let's, let's dial that back. When you're putting on your scrubs to go into work, are you like just done? You don't even want to put on your scrubs. Are you crying that you actually have to work? Do you hate hitting that button to schedule yourself? That right there should be a, why is this happening? Is it because of my work-life balance or is it because I really am feeling physically and emotionally just exhausted and I can't care anymore? Is this causing me lack of sleep? Am I still hearing things when I'm driving home from work? We all have had those moments where you literally are at home and you're, you're hearing the IV pump go off or you're hearing the ding of the cardiac monitor or the defibrillator. And yes, those things are okay to have that experience every once in a while. But if this is continually happening, you're literally taking everything with you you're not able to leave certain things at work. You're bringing it home. You're snapping at your family. You are not enjoying the moments when you're with your kids. You're reliving a patient moment. There's lots of things that you can realize that you're at that almost too far gone moment. And at first it's kind of alarming to think about how often you're having these, let's call them symptoms, but the best part is, is that you're still able to recognize them and you're, you're not having to have a third party tell you, hey, you're, 
you're really at the edge here. Like, what are you doing for yourself? If you're able to recognize those things still, then you're at a point where you're still able to reactivate like the good in your body for the lack of a better term. That is really interesting. I feel like what we're talking about here is something that every nurse knows, but nobody kind of talks about it. Like when you explained the experience of hearing things that weren't there, nobody likes to admit that that might happen to them. But honestly, like when you said that, it brought me right back to several memories where I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I heard the unit phone call or, or <laughs> oh no, I need to go change that IV back. Wait, I'm at home. <laughs> like, yep. it's really, it's, it, nobody wants to admit that those things happen. So when we recognize that we have compassion fatigue, what can we do about it, Ashley? Well, there's a lot of different things that you can do, do for yourself, not only just reaching out um, to your EAP to find a good counselor, but you can do things at home for yourself. There's a couple of things that I always like to start with, and they sound kind of odd, but there's reasons behind them. The vagus nerve has a lot of stimulation in our body and releases a lot of different hormones. So when I come home from work, I come upstairs, I take my shower, I get out of the shower and I immediately turn on the cold water in, in my sink. And my husband at first looked at me like I was crazy. Cause I'm like, yep, freezing cold winter in a towel. And I'm going to splash my water on my face a couple of times. And I do it about five to 10 times. And it literally shocks you, which is the point but it stops the release of all these crazy hormones and these thought processes that are going on from your day. Cause you know, you're in the shower, you're relaxed and you're thinking about your day, you're processing. Well, it's kind of like my hard stop. That has been my number one go-to before bed and after my shower. And again, I know it sounds strange, but there is science behind this. And that's one of the, my most favorite things about that. That is so interesting. You know, in movies, you see when somebody has been through something stressful, they go and they splash water on their face and you think, oh, okay, that's interesting. But never do you really think to make it part of your normal routine because we're not in movies, right? We're not like, right. we're not getting chased by monsters or whatever. And, and so you don't think that your job has that same kind of effect, but it, but it can. You know, I know that earlier we talked about secondary traumatic stress and burnout, and, and both of those concepts are, are ones that I think we probably would want to explore a little bit more deeply in future episodes. But as we near our close time here for today, what other pieces of advice could you give our listeners on compassion fatigue? I think the number one thing that you need to really think about is recognizing the signs within yourself. But on the way to work and on the way home from work, you need to have some silence. You need to be able to prep your brain to get to work. Talk to yourself out loud or in your head. I always have an inner dialogue going on with myself when I head into work. And that is two things. Give me some strength and give me some protection for my brain. And I tell myself that. And it's super interesting the data that they're finding when people have this inner dialogue with themselves they are realizing that you're like kind of giving yourself a natural drug of a boost of hormones to kind of coat your brain for lack of a way of saying it to protect it for when you are in these moments, it's drawing in other hormones to capture, to hold on to. And then after that happens, 
you're always drained, right? So you're at work and you're drained. So when you're leaving, I always like to say you need to leave it there. So when I pass that threshold, you know how the doors have that wind come down on you? I always right. imagine that wind pushing everything out and leaving it there. And I told that to my coworkers. And at first they thought I was a little bit too nutty, but then they realized, oh my God, it feels amazing to say, I'm walking out the door and I'm leaving it here. And they feel a lot lighter, physically lighter, emotionally lighter. And then when they get to the car, they're not at a relaxed state, but they're at a less heightened level of like your head on a swivel. This is really intentional strategies that really invokes the entire science of visualization, which we could do an entire episode on in itself, <laughs> but we really appreciate you bringing some of these uh, strategies to us, Ashley. And I really think that since you've done so much work that we really need to bring you back on the show and talk about some of these other concepts and, and uh, some of the remedies for them. What do you think? That sounds amazing. I'd be totally excited to do that. It's just, it's really amazing that we have our own tools within us. We just have to learn how to use them. Absolutely. Well, that's it for this episode of RN Huddle. Thank you all so much for taking the time to learn more about compassion fatigue with our special guest, Ashley Boyd, ER nurse extraordinaire and science intervention deliverer on compassion fatigue. We really appreciate that. We hope that you tune in to our future episodes exploring secondary traumatic stress and burnout along the Treat the Nurse series and learn more about what we can do to take care of ourselves and do our jobs that much better. So thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you next time on RN Huddle. Thank you for listening to RN Huddle. To stay connected, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at UNMC CNE. Or check out unmc.edu slash CNE for more program information.